0: hello and welcome to the me and my golf podcast we're your hosts and pga golf coaches
1: piers ward and andy proud each week we're going to share with you our 20 plus years of coaching experience to bring you top tips the latest information and trends along with some of the world's best in the golf industry to help you play the best golf of your life so what are we waiting for let's get to it and help you take charge of your game How's it going, everybody? We have an amazing guest for you guys today. But before we get into the podcast, we just want to just say a message, hope you're all doing well, uh, fit and safe in this uh, uncertain times. And uh, hopefully this will all blow over and we'll all be in a better place for it, uh, I'm sure. So today's uh, today's guest is 23 years old. this guy's burst onto the scene, PGA Tour winner already, winning the Barracuda Championship in 2019. He's previously world number one amateur and he's got an amazing future ahead of him. We spent some time with him at the tailor photo shoot at the end of 2019 and he's not only an amazing golfer but he's also a really nice guy. So in this podcast we really just talk to Colin about what he's doing in this current time and you know a little bit about his career and his experiences over the last I suppose 2 years of being a rookie and what what the PGA tour's like and what he's learned and uh we know you're going to be enjoying this one as well so without further ado let's welcome to the podcast colin morikawa colin welcome to the podcast thank you so much for joining us how are you
2: thanks for having me guys it's good uh good to see you guys again
1: yes i mean it's uh how are you how are you coping because obviously we're in some pretty uncertain times at the moment have you um have you lost your mind yet or are you, are you doing okay
2: you know it's it's crazy times obviously and um number one is just to be safe i mean you know being in my in my house it's kind of nice to see every part of my house now since you know i really haven't <laughs> even ventured off even though my house is tiny um but it, you know it's good to be home it's good to be home with my girlfriend you know there's not a lot to do just bought a ps4 had to stay busy um so you know we're just trying to do as much as we can at home there's there's not much but you know we're we're making do with what we have and uh, I'm just trying to talk to as many friends as I can, just to stay, you know, as sane as possible. Really, yeah, I think that's really important, and,
0: isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. just just doing that. I mean, you know, I've I've just um, earlier today I phoned up four or five of my friends just to actually speak to them. I'm thinking this is weird. We don't normally do that, but you feel like you <laughs> want to do that. But yeah, it is. It is strange. Right, yep. you've, you've exhausted all your friends now.
2: Then they're,
1: they're all gone. Four or five. It's all about paper too. Yeah. yeah.
2: Same. Same with me there. Same. <laughs> You go through your handful of friends, you're like, ah, oh, that's
1: it, that's good. So, Colin, so we obviously first met you, I think it was November at, um, at the media tailor-made launch, which was great. We managed to do the video with you, which was great fun, and you obviously beat us in the challenge. Um, that must have been like a great experience to be at the media day and, and finally get to, to film with me and Pierce.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: God uh, he's one,
1: being one. silly there. Come on, Andrew. That was a that highlight. Terrible, that was a
2: highlight. <laughs> I don't want to see Tiger Woods balls next to him. You know, it was, it was more to to have a competition with you guys. and See if we can get it closer.
1: No, it, uh, yeah. I mean, it's in all seriousness. It was great fun doing some stuff with you. But it must have been like, it's it's a rare experience to get so much talent in together like that, and to be able to interact in a very relaxed environment. Just, just. Just tell us what that was like for you. I mean, you've only had one full season on tour and and you've had a great season, but it just must have been a, just, just great to be part of that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it was, you know, I've said to many people, it was one of the best days I've ever had, you know, to be there with those guys and not just be on the golf course, like playing 18 holes, but to have like competitions like, you know, the stinger competition or hitting the drones, hitting the targets um it was just so much fun because everyone was a little more relaxed you could talk about whatever you wanted with these guys talking to tiger um listening like to jason day trying to pick everyone's brains um it was awesome because you know each one of us still won the win but like we were just having so much fun obviously to start the day off with you know the uh the onesie like picture of all of us for christmas um that was a lot of fun i mean i couldn't have uh asked for a better day really or better two days
0: did, did you see our version of the onesie because we infiltrated it and we actually somehow managed to appear <laughs> in not. there oh yeah we'll send it to you later yeah we we, we I... put... yeah one of our editors obviously <laughs> we weren't there
2: <laughs> nice nice i love that no but i mean that like how crazy is that for us to like go in six thirty in the morning all of us putting on onesies and we're taking pictures there like I mean, you know, as a guy that me and, for me and Matt just to come out of college and, and do that, like, you know, we, we couldn't ask for much more because we're with these guys that we've watched forever. We're getting to know, you know, not just as golfers, but as, as actual people. Um, and it's the coolest thing because, you know, now we can just talk to them, have a bite, lunch, whatever. Um, it's, it's the best.
0: But I think that, that's testament <laughs> to you guys because of how well that you performed in college. And then coming out of college straight away, obviously, the guys at Made have got a very, you know, a very good scouting system. So they know who they want. And obviously, they saw you and Matt and thought, you know, we want these two guys. And they straight away probably were under the mindset of going, these guys are going to be at the photo shoot. You know, we want these guys at the photo shoot as part of our main hitters and, you know, young, new talent.
2: You know, it helps. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously good play gets gets rid of everything. You don't have to worry about anything else. Um, But being part of that team, TaylorMade, you know, especially since I used TaylorMade clubs for a long time. You know, I didn't have a full bag necessarily throughout college, but they've been helping me since I've been like 12 or 13. Um, So I've seen a lot of their products. I've used a lot of their products. You know, I, I love everything that they have and um to be part of that you know the team Made. I, I think it just keeps growing you see new people they sign um a bunch of people that i know and it, it's cool because it, it is a family it's a it's a big family to be a part of i know you guys are part of it and it's awesome to be um kind of with them and, and you know they, they treat everyone so well and uh, obviously the products are amazing
1: awesome and to to be involved in obviously to come through college and to get onto tour obviously it's a dream of yours is it, is it a strange experience is it sort of you know you're standing there next to tiger and you got dj and you got rory is it is it is it like is it like a pinch yourself moment is like is this really happening or do you is it for you do you feel like it's it's where you're meant to be because you've always had that belief that you're always going to get there or is it both yeah, yeah, no i mean
2: I, yeah <laughs> i think it's a little bit of both i, I think you have to balance out and And I think when I really enjoy it, I I take a step back and I look at these guys and I'm like, wow, you know, these are the guys i looked at forever. I've watched forever. Um, You know, when I've been when I was a little kid and I had dreams, these are the people that I watched growing up. And to finally be there with them, that's when you really have to pinch yourself and see like, oh, wow, this is cool. Then again, on the other hand, I thought I was always going to be here. You know, I didn't know when that was going to happen, but I I always thought it was going to happen. Um, and you know, I just have to treat them like normal, normal guys out there that love to play golf. They're really good at it. They're, they're some of the best guys in the world, um, if not best ever. And, um, you know, to finally be there with them, you know, it's just trying to learn as much as I can. Um, uh, but just really figure out who they are as a person. You know, I, all these guys are friends to me. They've all been really kind, respectful, um, since I've come out, which is, you know, a, a very fortunate part of of, yes you know i played well throughout the summer but these guys have been able to reach out i've been able to reach out to them um and they've they've been awesome to kind of help me make that transition from college to uh, the pga tour
1: and i suppose you have to be you have to be careful not to put them too much on a pedestal as well really because yes they're 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 great athletes and incredible golfers but ultimately you gotta you want to beat them you want to be out there going you know if you've got to play with one of these guys on the last day the tournament in the last group the last thing you want to be doing is putting them too high on a pedestal and 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 having that effective performance really so i suppose it is that balance between recognizing how good they are but then realizing how normal they are as well
2: yeah i mean it's that's what's cool because like when you finally get to meet these guys or you play with them or you have a lunch or you talk to them they're just regular guys like you're talking to you know some of your best high school friends or whatever um so you have to you have to realize like these guys are just really good at what they do they've done this for a long time now they know the ropes um and that's what's hard you know being a rookie or being out there in your first season um is you don't know where to go you don't know where to park stay you don't even know where the bathrooms are in the clubhouse you know you're kind of lost and um and that's you just have to figure it out but you know having that rookie title if we're if we're talking about rookies versus you know this is my second year now um, you know, I, I think it was a big, it was a big change of, of getting that rookie title off. Even though, you know, I'm, I'm sure many people think um, I'm still a rookie. You know, having that title off is just—it's it, a little weight. It's not a weight off your back, but it's a different feeling when you head to these tournaments, knowing that you're not just playing your first season. you already, i already have that first season under my belt. We're going on in my next season, season number two, and and just continuing from there, building off of you know my my shortened summer season last year.
0: Yeah, it's almost, I, th- I think it's it's an interesting one, listening to you talk about befriending, obviously, other players on the tour. And obviously, something Tiger did. He was very careful who he befriended. You know, he. he I think Tiger, it was all part of a strategy for him. It was like, well, if I speak to that guy there, you know, you think of someone like Marco Mirra, who hit it very consistent, you know, great he's a good person to have and he's probably looking at mirror and going well you're good you might be able to compete with me on some tournaments but i'm gonna have you the majority of the time so he picked him as a friend almost and he's going (laughs) right okay i've got steve stricker now he's a pretty good wedge player maybe i should be friends with him you know so he's almost selecting that so here comes the question have you selected anybody yet that you think could be good for your game
2: you know, I, yeah, I'm gonna say it obviously anyone. in case they're listening. I have, but... Yeah, no, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't throw them under the bus, I mean, that might make me look, look bad. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think there's anyone like that. I mean, for me, you know, I, I want to be, you know, obviously friends, I want to be competitors with everyone out there. Um, but for me, like when I'm able to play with these guys, I'm able to learn so much. And you know, it's not me just asking them straight out, like, oh, how do you hit this shot? What are you doing here? It's me just picking up little things, like little techniques, little Feels um, that I might see them do a little differently than, than what I do, and I'm able to bring that to the you know a practice day and, and figure that out. Um, but obviously, you know, I was able to reach out to Justin Rhodes before I turned pro. Um, the first tournament I had in Canada, I had a I had a dinner with Justin Thomas um, and and those guys, them, you know, even Gary Woodland, like these guys have been, you know, awesome guys. I, I've been able to reach out to, but just. You know, if I'm if I'm watching them play, if I'm playing a practice round with them, whatever it is, you know, I, I know I'm able to kind of learn something off. And and all these guys have have amazing games, have have you know, unique kind of game sets um, that they're able to bring to the course. And um, it, it's just really cool to watch them play and, and kind of just pick off off what they do.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you could pick the player depending on what part of your game you might be thinking of at that particular time. So if you're thinking, well, like, yeah. now I could do with, you know short game maybe you're going but i'll play with tiger or play with phil if i can if i get the chance or even some of the real you know someone like stricker or brett Rumford, you know real good short game players and then before you know it, you're looking at someone who's a a good driver of the golf ball you don't need to play with a good iron player because you know
2: what you're (laughs) there already (laughs) they're all trying to play with you they all try to play with you for that one yeah exactly
0: but yeah it is interesting Uh, and i'm sure that's something that you'll develop you know from um from from your time on tour for sure
2: yeah, I mean, I had two rounds at Safeway Open with Phil. Like, you think about short game. And he hit some shots that were just – you want to be, obviously, fearless on the golf course. But but you want to be confident. And he was confident with every shot he pulled off. I mean, he had a couple flop shots off super tight lies, the tuck pins. I mean, you know, he doesn't care what happens next. He's trying to hit that shot, and that was so cool to watch. Um, and see someone short game like that was impressive. And, you know, that's that's where you want your short game to be, really.
1: Yeah, for and sure. you've, you've had a i mean considering it has been your, your, your rookie season you're 44th in the world now i mean that's an amazing achievement to start with it's a great start to your pga tour career what would you say the biggest lesson that you've learned from from your first season on tour there must be a, quite a few but what's the biggest thing that you can take that you could take into the, to your golf now
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of, you know, little small lessons that I'm able to learn every week. But I I think one of the bigger, you know, overarching uh, lessons is just how to how to manage your time. I mean, I've heard that from day one, even going into college. Um, How do you manage your time and what do you do with your time? Um, And for me, you know, I had to figure out what kind of player I was, especially throughout college when I had my starts on the PGA Tour And I had to learn how much time I needed to spend out there on the course. I mean, when I was an amateur and I played my couple PGA Tour starts, uh, I had one at the Safeway Open, had one at uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and I'd spend, like, all day out on the range or out on the putting green. Like, from sunrise to sunset, I was out there just kind of admiring, looking at everything, looking at everyone. And I got to a point realizing that's not me. You know, I'm not a, yeah, you know, ball striking is my strength, but I don't stay hours on end on the range. You know, I I like to get my work done and get out. So for me, I had to figure out what, you know, timing wise, what I had to do if I had to practice after the rounds, if I didn't have to practice after the rounds, what I was going to do, um, you know, in the afternoon, if I had a really early tee time, um, especially, you know, that summer, this past summer, when, I got you know probably some of the worst tee times possible. I was either first off or last off like that's the way you know Sponsor exemptions work and I, I just had to kind of work through that and figure out what I was gonna do um, Because I, I thought my game was was well enough rounded I knew what I was doing with my game to come out there and compete You know, I just had to have my mindset ready to to when I teed off I was gonna be a hundred percent ready to make as many birdies as I could
0: mm. Yeah that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Okay, so yes. we'll, let's. We, we obviously one of the main things we are going to talk about is your irons and how good you are with those. But before we get into that, obviously with these, you mentioned obviously you're at home now. Obviously with the girlfriend, what are you doing? Is there anything that you can do at home? Uh, there...
2: So yeah, you know my my golf the the golf course I'm at Summit um, Summit Club is open, okay. um, and, and I've been very fortunate enough to to go out there. Just I've only gone out two days you know I, I really haven't i hadn't touched a club until monday or okay. sunday actually um so it's not you know i'm trying to stay home as much as i can it's hard to get outside but I, you know you want to get outside but the yeah. most important thing i think is staying home that's why i did buy the ps4 um <laughs> uh you know just to, to kind of spend a lot of time just doing stuff um you know we we have a, a few workout things uh, but it's a lot of home workouts you know it's sleeping in do you know there's not really a schedule which i think is bad um I, you know at a, a certain point of of this at least two month break i've got to start putting myself at a schedule because you know going to bed at, at 1 a.m um and waking up whenever is not the best thing for me no
1: for sure for sure yeah. but i think like you're it's saying definitely it going to be time. an adjustment period isn't it yeah
2: yeah and, and i think everyone's going to go through that i mean it's it's tough because and it's really weird knowing that we have at least two months off um to kind of motivate yourself you know, I want to get back out there as quickly as I can, but you want to do it as safely as possible. You know, you don't want to have any worries about staying at least six feet, 10 feet apart from someone on the range, um, doing that. So, you know, when I'm out there, it's it's more just to keep my body loose, Mm -hmm. see if I can still hit a ball, not trying to work on anything, but just take a breath of fresh air and then get back inside because, um, you know, a lot of people are suffering. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be in Vegas where, you know, cases haven't skyrocketed. You know, I look at the numbers like New York or California, and um, you know, people are are just struggling, mm. and it's tough to see. You know, especially you know whether in Europe or, or wherever you are, um, you know, people have to stay at home, and that's one of the biggest things. Yeah,
0: yeah, hopefully yeah. that will start it happening better than it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, I, exactly. I really hope so. Yeah.
1: So, one of the one of the things we'd love to talk to you about is is what the the general public never get to see. And that is the, the lead up to a Thursday. So I think yeah, most people think that you just rock up on a, on a Thursday morning, play your golf and then go home on a Sunday. But there's so much work that's done leading up to it. We'd love to talk about well, what does a, a typical week look like before Thursday for you? You know, when do you get to the golf course? What's the routines like? And is it similar? And what does that typical week look like for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think people definitely don't realize that our weeks are, you know, Monday through Sunday. They're not Thursday through Sunday, four days, and we're off. Um, so for me, especially if I haven't seen the courses, I still like to fly out on Sundays. Um, I'll, I'll still try and get there Sunday night and get a practice round in on Monday if I can. Um, now with my, my status, I'm able to play a lot of Wednesday pro-ams. But, uh, you know, the Wednesday pro are, are for me, I think, for me, just to meet the, the playing partners and, and enjoy that time. Um, so I, 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 try and use Monday and Tuesday to play nine holes, nine holes, and get a little practice in, um, Mondays with a lot of Monday pro-ams, I'll try and sneak out either before or after, uh, get nine holes in practice Tuesday. I'll do another nine holes, do the opposite nine. Um, and then I'll, I'll that's when I'll do either track man work. I'll work on my short game. I'll work on putting. That's when I do a little, a, a big portion of my time, a lot of speed drills, Um, figuring out, you know, what the rough is going to be like, what kind of chip shots I'm going to have. And then by Wednesday, I feel like I'm fully ready. Wednesday, I'm going to go, you know, play an actual round with, with my prime partners. I'll try and focus as much as I can, you know, go through my routines, not really messing around as much. Um, and then that, you know, gets me fully prepped for, for Thursday's round. So I want to feel like I've had a full 18 holes under my belt to figure out, hit chip shots, hit my targets go play that 18 on Wednesday and then now by Thursday, um, I'm fully ready, ready to go out there and play.
1: And I suppose some of these courses as well that you, you're seeing them for the first time as well. So you might need a bit more prep than the, the experienced guys out there who, who can probably afford to just have a little bit less time of prepping. They understand the greens, they know where not to miss it. And they've got a slight advantage of that. So you want to make sure that you're ready for all the, I as suppose, as all, all the different situations you could face.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it makes it a lot easier when you've seen the course. You know, you look back, um, you know, Bay Hill, I-, I had already played Bay Hill. So I, I went that Monday and-, and played the Seminole Pro member. And that was an awesome experience to have some of my partners um, out there and-, and see the board that everyone wants to put their name on. But, um, you know, Bay Hill I had already seen. So, I- you know, Monday I didn't have to play. Tuesday I went out there, played nine holes. Wednesday I did my Pro-Am, and there we are um you know and and fully ready for the tournament so a lot of these guys that i know that have seen all these courses already they can just show up on a monday afternoon monday night go out there tuesday and be fully ready um uh, yeah. but for a lot of these courses like for me like you said i need to see the course for me i'm a visual person i have to see my lines you know i can't just look at a yard book and see oh yeah i'm just going to hit it here and, and have my caddy jj tell me um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have JJ on the bag. He's one of the best caddies out there. I think he's been the best fit for me. We've got a great relationship, and I, I trust him fully. I mean, he's a veteran caddy out there. He has been he was on the bag for Ryan Moore for a while. And um, to have someone out there that I trust is the biggest thing because, you know, when I don't feel comfortable on one of these courses, I'm able to trust him knowing that, you know, he knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, he's been there. That's invaluable, isn't it? Again, so so much experience that – can save you time and an effort. And yes, yeah. so, I mean, he's been a big, big part of then your your first season, just making that successful really.
2: He was huge. I mean, I, I think a caddy was something I underestimated talk about lessons, um, you know, for, for college players or, or juniors or, you know, people turning pro or trying to find a caddy. I think finding a caddy is one of the most important things because it's a relationship. It's someone you spend more time with than, than you will with anyone else. Um, and it's someone you have to fully trust because if you don't trust these guys, then uh, you're gonna have a tough time because you're gonna be fighting something mentally on uh, yeah. what to do out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: So just just a, another thing on on strategy. So when you're out there and you you're building this strategy, and we, again we're talking irons here. How are you? How do you map out the shots that you want to play? So we know that you like to play a fade. You can play both ways. The fade is, is more yep. your stock sort of shot. How are you building that into the strategy when you're actually talking about irons? What sort of things do you look, do you look for?
2: You know, I think it all starts, uh, starts on the range. You got to look at your misses. So, you know, when I'm warming up for a Thursday or whatever, Thursday or Sunday round, doesn't matter which round, I'm always hitting a lot of five irons. I'm always hitting a lot of cuts and a lot of draws seeing how the ball shapes line up for that day. Obviously, if there's wind on the range, it's a little harder. <clears throat> but kind of dissecting, you know, what, what, what my misses are going to be like. You know, some days, you know, normally with my cut, I, I know I can miss it out right. I know, if anything, it'll overcut. So if I'm going at a left pin, it's perfectly fine to cut one out there because I'm going to miss it right. I'm going to miss it a little short right. That's going to be my miss. Um, so on strategy-wise, if there's a right pin, you know, I, I might play a little more conservative, um, knowing that, you know, if it cuts, we're going to be having a great birdie putt. If it doesn't, we're still going to be 20, 25 feet away. And then if it's a left pin, I can still be aggressive. Um, but strategy-wise, I think you got to look at where your misses are going to be. Um, you have to know what you're going to do, where where the ball might be, um, because certain holes, you know, you, you might not want to short side yourself in a bunker on the right, or you might not want to be in the left um, if there's water. So you just got to look at where your misses are, and I, I think I do a really good job of, you know, pre-round strategy, of figuring out what my ball flight's doing, and then taking that to the course and kind of adjusting from there.
1: Simple, I that? think there's, I think there's massive lessons for the guys listening to this. I think they underestimate how, I wouldn't say conservative, but I'd say how how much you, you still try and protect the bad shots, and I think they they see you guys the best in the world and they just think that you're just firing at all the flags and, and just trying to take the cause apart. Whereas, you know, you're, you're playing to spots that, that might be 20 feet away and, and allowing for a miss. And if you miss it, it still might go closer. Um, yeah. and I think if they, if the guys listen to this, the amateurs could have, have more, I think they've got a more aggressive approach than a lot of the tour players because they just take on flags. Don't really think about where they don't want to be. And then this is where they rack up a bogey, double bogey, whereas if they were to play at these sensible spots, and, and I think the big thing that you said as well there is just understanding your ball flight tendency. If your ball flight is going to want to generally cut in a certain situation, mm-hmm. then you're not going to take on a right pin. You know, play for the middle or left side of the green and, and take out that danger.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't, I don't think target is necessarily bad, and I, I don't know if you guys agree with me, you know, I, I think target is great. I think you got to know your target, even if it is the pit. But I, I think those people, those amateurs, they, yeah, like you said, they don't realize what's around the green. Like it's it's not just an easy chip shot wherever you're going to miss. You know, there's there's bunkers. That's why, of course, you know, that's why designers are, are great designers because they they have those penalties. Um, so knowing the target is great. You know, when I, when I th- I think back at one of the rounds, you know, I had with Tiger Woods, I, I was fortunate enough to play with him at Torrey Pines. Um, and it wasn't even on, uh, it was the first day and we were playing and the guy, you know, he's aggressive to his lines, but he knows his misses. And that's what was cool to watch because he works the ball really well both ways. I mean, the guy is an an amazing golfer, obviously, um, you know, with everything he's done, but to actually watch him side by side and watch him play. And I, I know he wasn't on the top of his game, but to watch some of his shots, um, he was aggressive but still to certain targets you know the pin might be tucked in the right he was aggressive 10 feet left of the pin Mm, and that's different than being conservative going to the middle of the green and working from there um so that was cool um but you know for me when i watched him he was so you know he made the ball he was in control of the ball he he was able to work it both ways and and for me when i work the draw when i work it right to left that's when you know my mindset doesn't change but that's when my aggressiveness comes out a little bit more and i want to feel like i can hit that perfect rory McRoy high draw and um try and get to the left pin every single time when instead you know i got to look back and you know i think this is going to be super beneficial for my game is see what i did on the range you know see what those misses are and then play those misses as well
0: yeah i think it's i think and this all comes down to a lot with amateurs and obviously with you guys, definitely. I mean, a lot of you guys have got fantastic short games, but you still understand, as you say, you still understand the, the merit of missing in the right place. But I think if, if if amateur golfers don't work hard enough on their short game repertoire and their skills, then they, re- and they combine that then with poor strategy going into the greens, they really are going to be struggling. And um, so when you're playing in these programs, this is a gra- I think this is a great question for you. Obviously, I'm sure you get involved with helping the amateurs that you're playing with. What are the biggest things that you see them struggle with when playing an iron into a green?
2: Oh, um, I think it always starts with the wrong club. I mean, I, I think I think I think, so. I think like three quarters of the time they have no clue what club to hit. Um, that obviously makes it very tough. But then it goes back to like what shot are they trying to hit? You know, they don't have you know the the bag of the bag of shots that we do, but you know, everyone, I think at least has one shot, whether it's good or bad. They have, I mean, they could play a 25 yard slice if they wanted. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people, I think people always want to hit that one good shot that they know they've hit before on the range. And they just keep trying that they just keep going and going. And it's like, Oh, if this guy (laughs) keeps missing to the right, like just aim left side of the green, like it doesn't matter. You know, you're going to miss it and it's going to still miss, right? Probably. Um, but try something different. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people don't do. They keep doing the same thing over and over again. And you just have to take a step back and realize, you know, whatever I'm doing is what I have. I can't do anything about it now. You know, I've got 18 holes to play, um, probably less since, you know, we've already seen some shots and, and go out there and, and just try and hit your, your shot that you hit.
0: I think, I think you're absolutely right because, you know? you know, what they do on the range or even that one time when they played and they, they hit that seven iron that went 160 and it went dead straight. Yeah. And then you go well. Actually, it was downwind and off the right, and the green was firm, and that's why it went 170 yards, 160 yards, whatever. And then they try and play for that all the time, as you said. And it's it's. So I would say to you that the, the biggest trend that you what's the biggest trend you would see in miss clubbing is it they're too, they're not hitting enough club or hitting too much club.
2: Um, I'm guessing. I mean, I think it varies. I mean, there's some guys that you know we'll say they hit their seven hour 170, but then. you you see them and they're hitting their driver 200 and something's a lot adding up. Um, So, you know, I think it's both. I I think some people have a lot of confidence that they can hit those good shots. And those are the guys that will always uh, club, you know, they'll they'll club way too low and they need two more clubs. And then there's people that, you know, don't really know what they're doing so much. Um, And then those are the people that just take whatever club the caddies are telling them. And it's kind of just a guessing game from there.
1: Yeah, of course. I think a lot of the work you mentioned. You do some trap man work as well, and um, how important for, for do, do you do you focus on the numbers a lot when you're doing trap man work? And is, is that is that an important part for you, or what do, what would you say you use it for mainly?
2: You know, it, it has been an important part. Um, I got one last fall, and, and it's been big in my game. But it, it's not like I had to use it. To, to figure out my swing, you know, TrackMan is not what discovered my, my shot shape It's not what discovered my fate, but it's been nice to know kind of what my tendencies are. We go back to tendencies um, I use it kind of for almost every tournament to figure out distances. I, I love to figure out just my baseline distances I hit two three balls max per club if I hit them solid then we're through you know my caddy will write them down figure out our averages for the number especially it helps when we're at elevation, different weathers, um, living in Vegas, you know, we're in a little thinner air, everything changes week by week, especially where we're traveling. Um, so it's nice to have on that end. Um, but you know, numbers wise, it's it's not like I'm dissecting, like, you know, my club path needs to be whatever negative one and a half to my face. You know, I understand everything. I understand all the numbers. And and that's just me. I, I need to know what each thing means. Um, so when I, when I don't know, um, everything, you know, I try and figure it out, but it's not going to overanalyze my head. It's not going to make me overthink about, man, this swing is doing this. This is doing that. Um, when I'm, when I'm trying to, if I, if I don't, if I'm not hitting it well for a day, you know, I'll call up my coach who I've been with 15 years, Rick Sessinghouse, And we'll go through feels. I, I think for me feels in my swing, whether it's my finish backswing, whatever it is, um, that's number one. Um, and then, and then from there we work off, you know, maybe look at some numbers if if something's really off. But on that end, it, it helps me just get to my basics. I think the biggest thing TrackMan has helped me do also is, is with my driver. Um, you know, fittings have obviously been a lot quicker. You know, it's a lot easier to see off the numbers. But for me, my driver, I've realized, you know, I, I don't have to swing up as much. I need to swing a little more level. Um, so that's when one time I'll look at numbers and I'll look at my attack angle, whether it's from zero to one, um, zero to one and a half, you know, that's kind of the the sweet spot for me.
0: Yeah. That's important for you, isn't it? And this is interesting, isn't it? Because if you gave all the equipment that you have access to, to the majority of amateurs, so their own track man, their own video cameras or studio, whatever it is pretty sure that when you looked at that track (laughs) man screen, you're going to have all 27 tiles are going to be up there (laughs) and they're going to be working out each one per shot and then basing their next shot based on what they just did based on those tiles there. And that suddenly that becomes crazy. And I think the more and more we speak to golfers like yourself who are, who are fantastic golfers, the more we understand that actually when it comes to those tiles on that TrackMan screen, you probably only got two on there, maybe three. And it's very, very simple in what you work at, what you understand. You understand a lot about the game and the swing and what your swing should do. And even like Justin Rose must have a, a he would be an amazing um, professor of the golf swing. He would be able to talk about what's, you know, positions and all this sort of stuff and what all the numbers mean, but he's not really thinking about that when it comes to the shots. And that's what's really yeah. evident with that with the top level players. Whereas when we get to amateurs, they're thinking a lot about what they should be doing. Sorry, you were going to say yeah. something then. As well. I think
2: I think that's what's no. I think that's what's cool about having all these devices. Like I said, when I was an amateur, coming out and playing these these sponsor exemptions, um, you look at everything and everything is available to you. And that's what TrackMan does. It makes so many things available to you, and you just have to take a step back and realize, wait, I don't need a lot of this stuff. Let's just put it aside. You know, even though it's, you know, you're, you're like a kid that in a candy store, you want to have everything and you want to try everything, but it, you just realize, you know, I'm going to use this for a certain purpose and then put it aside and, and not have to worry about it after that. Yeah.
0: And yeah. just a, just yeah. a note on your golf swing as well. We, we love your golf swing because it is perfect Thank for playing a fade. It is, it's perfect <laughs> for a fade. You think about your golf swing, you know, what are some of the things that you need for a fade? Well, you need a, a an upright steeper swing. You've got that. No problem. But then we talk about your wrist at the top and obviously how it has this bow to it and it closes the face slightly. And it's, it's it's more and more of a common theme now with people like DJ and Ram and that doing similar. But that just makes you don't have to feel work so hard with any of your hands. You can actually just work really hard with your body. And I think if people watch your golf swing and anyone who's watching this will see your golf swing now. If they try and get into the positions that you get into with that wrist and that arm and those and that body when you're hitting it. I think they're going to be in a little bit of pain but it it just it is designed perfectly to play the fade for sure. And do you feel that yeah, as well? I
2: mean, you know, it, it's I, I've always done that bowed wrist like on the top on my left side like it, it's always been in my swing. I don't know why it's it was there. I mean, I've tried getting it back to a little more neutral almost cupped and it just feels weird like it just wasn't producing good shots and mm-hmm. for me, you know, there's a certain point I don't even know when when my coach and I when Rick, you know, we realized Let's stop worrying about that and just try and get my plane much better. You know, I, I used to loop a little more down. I used to come from the inside and used to draws draws um, a lot more. When I was obviously a junior, um, coming into my freshman year, it was kind of neutralizing out. And then I started hitting a little more fades when my plane was a lot uh, more neutral. So from there, all I have to do, you're right, I just turn my body, keep my you know wrist just in that same position. And then when I get to impact, you know, our wrist is like there. I think DJ is a little more than me. You know, at the top his his face is really shut. Um I still have to get my club face as square as I can. Um, but obviously having the bowed wrist, you know, it, it it's not gonna be like I'm gonna have my cupped wrist and my face is gonna be wide open. Mm. Um so I just gotta watch what I do. You know, I, I still want everything to be neutral. I think my cupped wrist just puts me in that somewhat neutral position and it helps me just hit those fades all the time.
1: Yeah. And it's it's a it's a golf swing that is built for accuracy and creativity because Mm. that's that's what your game is about really and i think that's something that some of the um the longer hitters on tour haven't got that so you know people like brooks or you know dj who don't like necessarily to be as creative as you are um you might not be as long as them but you've got something that they haven't got where you might be able to access different flags and Mm. and play play different shots and and you work with that and get the most out of your game which is key
2: yeah, thank you. I mean, it's, you know, it was weird because over uh, this past fall when I was about to start Safeway and start my season off, um, I was messing around with golf balls and I was messing around with the TP5, TP5X. I used to like a hard golf ball. And the TP5X has little, little a lot less spin than any ball that I've tried. The ball goes miles. And, you know, it was, it, I was hitting it and I was hitting such straight shots. It was weird because, like, every ball was straight. You know, it was almost harder to work the ball.
0: What a horrible, horrible... It, it a it, it, yeah, it a oh, awful. my goodness. I feel so <laughs> sorry for you.
2: <laughs> if you want to hit it long and straight, go buy yourself the TP5X ball. There you go. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, I realized it was weird because I, I felt like I was playing okay, but I wasn't playing my game. I wasn't being creative. I wasn't working the ball as much as I wanted. And, you know, I switched the TP5 at the end of the year. Uh, I've been using the TP5 ball for... Um, forever now through the 2020 season, and it finally feels like me. I've been able to work it, be creative. Um, but that's you know that's the kind of person I want to be. I, I have to visualize my shots. You know, you look at a person like Jason Day, um on that on that side of the spectrum, visualizing every single shot, making sure he sees it. You know, he won't commit to the shot if he doesn't. And you know i have to stay creative that way that's that's how my game is um so you know i just got to keep working on those right to left shots get that shot down you know like rory like rory i, I think you know when I, I i remember my uh my video with you guys at the tailor-made uh photo shoot you know that's my swing thought swing it like rory to hit those draws and you know it's just something i keep working on
1: very simple very, nice. very simple very nice I like it. okay nice. well we've got some We've got some quick fire questions, but before we get into those, Colin, what's the funniest thing that you've ever seen on the golf course? What's the funniest oh. moments?
2: <laughs> what's the funniest moment? What's the funniest uh, moments? I really don't know. I mean, okay, well, I, you know, obviously on the PGA Tour, I haven't seen a lot, um, and I think Tiger might hate me on this, but I think <laughs> it, it was it was painful but still funny to watch Tiger four putt. Uh, um because like the guy he's the he's one of the he's he could you know to me he's the best player ever and to see one of someone someone that i've dreamt watching someone that i've dreamed of of you know almost becoming the player he is um what he's done on and off the golf course you know for everyone to and he's still growing the game it's awesome to watch but like to watch the dude four putt on the first hole (laughs) At was like i had to step back and realize wow what just happened um and obviously at the time i was not laughing because you know he might have (laughs) just whacked me with a club right over the head (laughs) because you know he just double bogeyed from from 20 feet but um you know you look back and you realize you just have to laugh at those moments it's something that you know isn't going to happen all the time um and you know you just have to step off and realize whatever you know, he came back, shot a good round, made the cut, whatever, and and had, I think, a top 10. And, you know, you just have to look back at it and, and laugh because things are like, like that are going to happen. And you just you, you can't make that, you know, the burden burden and have that on your back weighing on you for that round or the tournament or the next week. Um, you just have to get through it and realize, you know, it happens and, and go on.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I think the best players like yourself, you know, you're very resilient to those things. So that's the what we feel is one of the biggest things that you need to be to be a PJ Tour player. Lots of very good players out there, but being a PJ Tour player, you need to be resilient. You need to be able to not let that affect you and not let other things yeah. affect you but yeah that's 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 a good one yeah four putt oh dear so, just just break. just yeah. next time I, you're playing know, with him I
2: don't know if that's the funniest one but oh, cool. that's <laughs> pretty that's that pretty out. cool though that's pretty cool just remember that remember to
0: mention that when you're next playing against him head to head say yeah yeah, Tiger. yeah no, <laughs> I, I probably, <laughs> remember that four putt <laughs> I probably won't <laughs> no I wouldn't be, probably wouldn't recommend it all right so as Andy said we've got a quick fire round here so just gonna best we can we'll go through them as quick as we can um, obviously your current bag at the moment with Taylor maids is brilliant so we're going to exclude that before the 2020 product what was your favorite club you've used uh
2: the air burner really air burner boom straight Uh, out three wood yeah oh three wood -wood. a three wood three wood taylor made air burner three wood um i had a one of the best wear spots on the three whatever the thing went miles but i could also hit it from like 240 if i had to hit a nice high cut um I'd either put that or my, my tailor-made RSI irons. I had those for the longest time. I actually had those up until my, my seven thirties I had now. Okay. So those irons, you know, and they're very different irons than the blades of the seven thirties, but, those are some of the clubs that i love um equally yeah I might, sure. I might go try them out now just just to hit on the ring have yeah. you still got
0: them have you still got the Airburner burner three wood as well
2: yeah yes right. i do but I, I see that the problem was i took it out of the bag because i re-gripped my three wood um because the grip was getting a little weak and a, a little uh slippery and the, the three wood never went the same no
0: i'm, 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 I'm
2: very <laughs> sad about it Oh no! I'm, I'm a little i'm a little disappointed oh, yeah gutted it, gutted it.
0: okay all right perfect okay so best round of golf
2: <clears throat> Best round in golf. Uh, I was in a high school tournament. It was it was a tournament of like 250 people. Shot a 61 um, in the morning round, and everyone was coming in wondering who the heck this kid was. So 61, it was 11 under at this course, and uh, yeah, let's just say I won. I think I won by 14 shots. Three, fifth world event.
0: So yeah, this kid called Colin with Colin spelt wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who is this kid i mean there's, there's
2: people talking right in front of me they're like oh man who's this guy shooting 61 i'm just laughing yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was me I, I, it, that's the hardest thing to back up you know back up a low score and that's what a lot of these pros do really well in the pga tour is that they're able to back up a low round after a low round awesome, awesome.
0: <clears throat> okay dream four ball alive or dead
1: yeah dead or alive
2: wow yeah it's got to be a tough one um I, i'd put tiger woods in there even though i've played with him now though I think he's still real special. I'd put Tiger. Um, I'd put Arnold Palmer. Um, and then, you know, I'd probably put, wow, that's it, a really tough one. I mean, for me, I, I'd put um, I'd put Jack Nicholas. Why not? You know, I haven't met Jack. Um, you know, Mr. Palmer, I, I met um, very briefly when I was a very, very little kid. We, we somehow snuck on to the Arnold Palmer property, uh, Bay Hill property, and he signed a flag which i uh had on my wall since i was a little kid so that, that was pretty cool but you know that, that'd be my dream some for sure
0: awesome love that love that
2: favorite food oh i'm a huge foodie i love food um i think if i was gonna have one food forever it'd probably be sushi nice um i i, I miss it you know not being able to go out and have a lot of food but i mean like you know, I, I love that's this one part of being a PG Tour player is that we travel everywhere. We we go to these places. We have a lot of food. Um, and one place I'm really uh, kind of sad about is New Orleans uh, for the Missouri okay. Classic. Yeah. Obviously, you know, being well, I was going to partner with Matt uh, Wolf, but you know, on the other hand, I was looking forward to all the food out there. I mean, I, I heard <laughs> things um, about that area and, and the food out there.
1: I've never been. I'd like to go actually. New Orleans It's supposed to be uh, supposed to be awesome
2: yeah yeah. will have to go other now
0: okay uh a major victory which one
2: uh all four you
0: can have that of course but you've got to pick one yeah
2: first um, one first one i put, put masters i go masters number one so you can I mean, win the
0: next three obviously in the same year yeah as you said <laughs> I
2: don't, I don't,
0: yeah perfect masters i like it i like it um this is a good one best advice you've ever received
2: Um, you know, I've heard, I've heard it from a lot of people. I think, um, it really stuck with me when I had my dinner with Justin Thomas at the RBC Canadian open. And he really just said, you know, be yourself, be the player you are. Don't try and and do too much. Um, everyone has different speeds to get to the PGA tour. If you're good enough, you're going to be good enough. You know, don't, don't rush it and don't try and push too many things to try and get here. Um, if you, you know, but for me, obviously I believed I could do it. And obviously the uh, results, you know, panned out the way I wanted. But for me, it was just be who you are out on the golf course, be who you are off the golf course, and, you know, just stick to that. You know, if if you are playing your game, what you were doing well enough in college, you know, brought you to the top of the world amateur rankings, college golf rankings, um, you know, I, I think I've proven that that game is able to suit yourself in the PGA Tour. Of course, not yeah. just your, game, but, you know, get your mental sides ready. Um, be prepared, not just golf, you know, physically, but everything else mentally. Um, have everything in order. And that's what I was able to do um, to step foot out there that first day and, and be fully ready. I think that's massively Great important. Advice. Yeah, really absolutely.
0: Advice. A lot of golfers who get on tour for the first time think, right, I need to go up to another level now. I need to change this, change that, change this. And it doesn't work for those guys that generally do that.
2: Okay. Definitely. So this is.
0: We we do something as well with that with with everybody who does the podcast. The ultimate golfer. So you need to pick a best driver of the golf ball, the uh, best iron player, excluding you. Best <laughs> best short game and best putter.
2: Um. Let's see. So I'd go best driver. I'd pick Rory. I'd pick um, best iron player. I'd pick Tiger. Wedge play. I would pick uh, well I mean if Tigers hit in the green every single time do you even need someone to chip uh, <laughs> I, I'd pick wedge player I'd pick Phil I, I think I, I love watching him play He's super creative and then best putter um, wow that's a tough one um, I'd, I'd pick Jason Day I think yeah. when he is on the guy rolls it so well like it's yeah. awesome to watch from putt yeah uh, pretty good four
1: ball that is there
2: <laughs> i'd put all my trust in those guys for sure <laughs> i like it i like it
0: um last time you were really nervous um 50 floridian golf club challenge against me <laughs> in my
2: golf <laughs> it, yeah. to be honest i was a little nervous i didn't know i had not seen you guys hit a shot i had no clue what you guys were gonna uh pull out of the bag and so that's why but, he stuck it to a foot. <laughs> uh, sorry foot you know put all the variables out. I think um, the you know I, I want to say it was when I when I had that first tee shot with Tiger Woods, but it wasn't really nerves. I think it was more excitement, and that kind of went away after that first tee shot. So I'm not going to say that. Um, I would say coming down the stretch of Barracuda. You know, my first win, it it wasn't nerves. I think I felt a little more nervous at 3M coming down the stretch um, because that was the first time I was in there. But I've I've been really good at channeling in and changing, um, you know, my nervous energy into uh, just kind of confidence, excitement, focus. You know, you have to change that nervous energy into focus because if you don't, things will go, you know, bad and and go the wrong way. But after I made my birdie putt on 17 – um that's when i realized we i gotta fully shut everything out shut everything else around me out and let's go hit four good shots and put it in the hole to make birdie um on 18 because uh if i I didn't you know I, i know i had that stretch of 17 fairway i had a 30 foot putt walking into there i knew where i stood i had to realize you know what this opportunity was and I, I had to seize the moment and um i had a fairly fairly aggressive putt that hit the back of the cup <laughs> and kind of went in um but you know i had to take a deep breath and realize you know what situation i was in and uh go play one more hole
1: plenty more I think that i think that's great advice as well because a lot of people will feel nerves but if you just reframe it and you tell yourself it's excitement and you know, it, it's, it's all about your perception of how those feelings are. And if you reframe into, look, this is me being excited, it'll change how you think and how you focus. And I think that's a really good thing for the guys at home. Because you could have said you were really nervous on the tee with Tiger, but actually you changed that into excitement. But that is just how you framed it yeah. in your head, which then allows you to perform better as well. So I think that's yeah. some really good, good advice for the guys at home
2: yeah no and and to go off of that actually i just thought of you know one really bad time was uh uh waste management for phoenix on 16.
1: <laughs> i uh that's, got to, that's I gotta that's so gotta be a dirt bracket shot
2: yeah i mean i was so ready to hit the shot and i hit it on the first day to like five feet and i was like you know this is awesome and then just stuff went through my head i <laughs> i was you know hearing everyone did, hit my putt didn't even sniff the hole at two and a half feet coming back which was like the hardest two and a half footer um, <laughs> to make, you know, sliding downhill. I mean, I had a five foot birdie putt straight up the hill uh, and it just, you know, never even caught a hole. So we'll, we'll put that as, as one of the, the more <laughs> proactive parts where, you know, I had to really just refocus for those next three days. That
0: is a very different arena for sure.
2: Yeah. 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 Say
1: a funny thing on that, Colin, is that we played the um, we played TPC Scottsdale about a week or two weeks before the event. No and we, play, we played the 16th with no crowds, and we were still nervous. <laughs> I remember being nervous <laughs> with no crowds there. I'm like, why am I nervous? There's nobody here watching.
0: Hang on. There were people yeah. up there putting the stands up. Come on. There was oh, at least yeah, three sorry, or four.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, we'll get crowds out there for you guys. I mean, that that preps you for anything. You, you will not get anything like that. I mean, when I played 17 at Stargrass, obviously, it was a little just, you know, sad that we were only able to get one round in but you know i think 16 at at phoenix prepped you for any kind of crowd i'm gonna get it prepped me you know it even prepped me for tory when i played with tiger it it prepped me really really well yeah yeah absolutely
0: absolutely right we got one more we got one more quick quick fire question your go-to social channel who do you like watching on Uh, social? who do i
2: like watching i you know i I got twitter i'm not super active on twitter but i love um looking at max Homa. obviously he's a really good friend i love looking at his tweets because the dude's hilarious um if you you know the first time i met him i would have never guessed like if i didn't if i didn't have twitter i didn't know max Homa. you met him hand on you know uh person to person you would never guess that this dude is super sarcastic super funny but as you get to know him, and thankfully I call him one of my good friends out there on the PGA Tour, um, he's hilarious. I mean, Max is an awesome guy just to get to know. Uh, really good person at heart, and, and he means well. But what he's doing on Twitter is awesome to watch. And, um, and yeah, but, you know, for me, uh, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. I love watching a lot of videos, whether it's, you know, golf videos or, or you know, PlayStation, Fortnite, COD videos. Um, that's what I do. Love looking at food. Um So yeah, you got it, it
0: now. So Instagram is your channel, isn't it? So actually for the people listening, who want to go and follow you. What's your uh, account? Is it uh,
2: Instagram and Twitter are the same. So okay. it's Colin with two L's underscore Morikawa. Um, can, I'm sure you can just start typing that in and hopefully something will pop up. It'll, <laughs> It'll be a guy with a blue tick so, and so he's those probably people got don't... a golf swing in <laughs> there. In the, in the, in the people do will have to figure out how to spell that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I hope everyone, you know, uses this as, to enjoy it um you know especially with the downtime now I'm sure I'll be posting a little more and um whether it be just things I'm doing food I'm eating um it, it'll be fun to look at
0: absolutely love it it's superb i think
1: one of the, <clears throat> excuse me i think one of the things that a lot of people said Colin, on our uh, on the video that we said is wow isn't colin such a nice guy and um you know it's great for us to be able to have a chat i mean fantastic that you gave you know give your time up today really appreciate it but you know the the comments on that are true. You are a great guy, and we really appreciate you giving the time up. And you know we know that you're going to have a great career ahead of you, and we wish you all the best with your golf. And you know I'm sure we'll uh, we'll see you climb the the uh, the world ranking points and and achieve what you want to achieve. So uh, congrats on where you are now, but all the best for the future as well. It's going to be exciting, and we're going to see you down the road. I'm sure.
2: Well, thank you guys so much. Hi. Yeah. No, oh, thank you. No Go problem
0: ahead. at all, no problem. We'll see you at the photo shoot. Hopefully it goes ahead. We need to know actually <laughs> what's the worst part of your game <laughs> just so we can get the challenge ready.
2: Yeah, what's ready. the worst part? What are we going to do? Is <laughs> gonna... Yeah. I'm sure you guys can look at my shirt scanned and uh, you guys can figure that yeah, out. Yeah, we'll figure that out.
1: <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what we're going to do, yeah, Andy. We're, we're going like to do better at that. We're going to do better at that. Yeah, let's yeah. pick his worst part and talk about that. It's a good idea, yeah. It's yeah. a good idea. Perfect. Colin, thank you so much for your time. Stay safe Thanks, as well and hopefully we'll get through this soon as well.
2: You too. I mean it's it's tough times, but uh hopefully everyone listening and, and you guys uh stay safe and uh stay inside. We'll Cheers, be-
1: Appreciate that. Cheers,
0: Colin. Yep. Thanks again. Thank you. for your time. Thanks, man. Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Me and My Golf podcast. We hope you enjoyed that and got some value from that. And if you did, then please share that episode with a friend. And if you can do us a real big favor and head over to iTunes and leave us a review, it really does help this podcast grow and reach more golfers and our mission is to help as many golfers around the world as we can play some better golf so it really would mean a lot to us. One question that we get asked a lot is Andy Pierce, how can we get coaching from you? Well now you can have myself and Pierce as your very own personal online golf coach and we've created a, a platform that infuses our coaching experience and philosophy into a fantastic community that's packed full of weekly videos that will really help transform your golf. We've got coaching plans on specific areas in the game. We have a shot fixer section which really enables you to fix your faults fast so you can see results immediately on the golf course. And we really want to build a a tribe of golfers that are committed to playing the best golf of their lives. And like I say now, this is the closest thing that you're going to experience to get me and Pierce on the lesson tee with you. And we'd love to have you part of this fantastic so head over to meandmygolf.com and look have a go we have a 14 day free trial that you can take advantage of see what it's like and if it fits right for you then fantastic and we'll hope to see you there thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on the me and my golf podcast